And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 143 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Brian. Well, another week we're not all going to talk about, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? My two-week problem that has plagued me since the beginning of the year, I did solve on Friday, though. Congratulations. Ooh. Thank you. Nice. And I like, like, we always say that it was a bad week, grump, 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 but this is like how we deal with that. <laughs> well, okay, to be fair. <laughs> to be to fair. Be fair Typically, I don't let us get away with not saying anything at all. Yeah, that's true. Except the last two weeks. Because <laughs> Juicy Cross. You know what? It, it, it was pretty bad. Awful. <laughs> I walked into the theater Thursday night to, to change after the funeral. That that should contextualize this week for me, right? Yeah. Um, And there's an actor sitting there who... He always tries to be, like, very earnest and very likable. He wants everyone to really like him. Those people are adorable. And he says to me, oh, Alex, you're looking dapper. What's the occasion? And I just, I was so tired. And I felt so badly for doing this to him because I know he was just trying to be nice. But the first thing out of my mouth was, well, put my grandfather in the ground two hours ago. Oh, oh, it's just, it's so much worse to say it to such a positive person. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Snap back, Alex. That's not... Decided to rehearse, then rehearse. (laughs) (laughs) I'm... I'm so like I'm I'm so sorry for you. Yes. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for your grandfather. I'm sorry for your grandmother. But this week for you has shown me what a true fucking monster I am. (laughs) Because I have made the most awful jokes to you about this. But to be fair To be fair. I alleyed it would be disappointed if you didn't oop. It's true. Very true. Yes. Gallows, get... Gallows humor is, is alive and well in this group. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> and I wouldn't want you to leave me hanging. Hee <laughs> <laughs> hee. All right. Let's talk about comics before I out myself as an even bigger asshole. No. Which, which have not been bad this year. They've been really yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> no. On the scale of size of assholes, I'm definitely somewhere around a Carter Hall. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty big asshole. That's a big asshole. <laughs> Ironheart, number two. <laughs> Not a big asshole. No. No. I love this book so much. Yes. It is so good. She is so good. She's going to burn herself into the ground trying to be too good and be all things to Probably. all people. Probably. And I identify so hard. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she just, she can't say no, can she? No. And hey I mean, man. yes? Wait, how does that work? What's the funny answer She to that? can't. She cannot say no. <laughs> we still can't. No, we can't, actually. I don't know how oh, to say no. Oh, no. I don't know how to say no to this either. Wait, what? Third base. Where was I going? 
Oh, I love things. Natalie. I love Natalie. Yes. I love Natalie. Natalie is so good. Yeah. Natalie is fantastic. I love that she's like <laughs> not perfect, re, you know, perfect recall AI. It's like the, so we need to go deal with the what with the what now? <laughs> she knows. She's she knows, knows Natalie. Yeah. It, does it say something about me that my favorite characters are, you know, like Natalie and Friday and the AIs that are in the suits? Well, Brian, I think it's clearly a kind of wish fulfillment because you want to see the kind of AI that can fix itself and just provide you color commentary and not the kind that you have to fix and mostly just would rather just, I'm going to go out on a limb, uh, that you would rather set on fire and never look back at. Yeah, that's probably that's probably a very true statement. <laughs> Especially knowing about your last two weeks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Indeed. What did you just do, Jid? Nothing. <laughs> you look very pained. I literally just moved my leg. <laughs> oh. oh. So my boss's husband had heart surgery last Wednesday. And I've been like following him around and helping him out around the house and this guy is a beast he's a fucking beast because he's been going down to the gym in their house two times a day and walking on the treadmill for at first it was like 10 minutes and it worked up on friday it was 20 minutes each time but i've been working out while he's doing that like i'm paying attention to him but i'm also working out and i worked out really hard yesterday and it hurts so bad i overdid it ow (laughs) ow Ow. Mm. But man, so, this guy's a beast, and I will never complain about anything ever again, so I'm going to stop. So back to Ironheart. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Ironheart. So, so, so am I the only one who thinks that this uh, this Sleazoid Thomas Birch guy is the one behind all this? Nope. Okay. Mm-mm. It is 100% him, or at least mm-hmm. he is in bed with the people. Right, yeah, him. exactly. Or, or they run him also, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I love these kids, though. I almost don't think that these kids are really, truly connected. No, I think they're just being used. Yeah. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that they're connected at all. I think oh, it was think just a separate? thing that happened at the same time. Yeah. Mm, yeah, maybe. I think it was just coincidence. Maybe. I like, I, I like in both of these issues so far how much has happened in them. Like, they're not, they're not padding with a lot of needless build up it doesn't seem mm-hmm. yeah like everything keeps moving well it keeps moving but it's also very character focused at the same time oh yeah yeah so much of what drives the narrative is riri's reaction to things and riri working through trauma as she goes like, yeah flashing back to oh these you know the, she's involved in this case because it's like this person who <clears throat> helped protect her from bullies and things like that and who taught her not to let people be bullied and yeah and i know i said i love natalie and i do but also i fucking love deja too uh-huh. yeah deja's a badass everybody needs a deja in in school and in life agreed we should all be at least 10 percent deja i was gonna say that means that you have to be deja for somebody else yeah though, yeah, right? yeah absolutely we are all nodding. Well, Jen and I are nodding. We can't see Brian. <laughs> Brian may be nodding. We might be. Uh, sure, I'm nodding. Let's go we with that. We all might be a little bit tired. Yeah. Anything else on Ironheart? No, it's real good. If you're it's not reading so this, get this book. Agreed. I like it. 
Let's move on then to Uncanny X-Men 10. I don't know why I chose that one next, but we're going to go with it. This sure. is the end of Disassembled. Let's just say it lives up to its name. Um, hmm. I'm the only yeah. one who read this, right? No, Uncanny X-Men number yeah. 10. Did no, you I read did. this? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. What did, you, um, what did you think about how we're going to have to call spoilers in a minute for this? But what did you we think will, about definitely. how this wrapped up? Um, I'll be honest. I'm, I, I'm really don't know what to think of it because, um, I guess I could say I don't think anything of it. Think nothing of it, Brian. I think nothing of it. That's exactly right. Mm. Um. We just we have to just go ahead and call spoilers. There's no way to. Yeah, dance I'm like, why happens. are y'all dancing around this bullshit? So spoilers. <laughs> all the X Men are gone. Yeah, they're gone. What? They just. Yeah. Yeah. All the X Men, like all the base, uh, base. It seems like all the mutants are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, with at least one notice, notable exception, who is brooding on the last page behind his rose tinted glasses. Oh no. You love it, don't you? I mean, anytime I get to see him tortured, sure, and this is going to qualify. So mean. Um, well, so here's the thing. So it seems like X-Men got rid of all of <laughs> and mutants that he knew of that existed. Yeah. Very clearly and then the quote the cure, the the the, it's not even a cure, it's a it's a vaccine. Yeah, it's yeah. a vaccine that prevents the mutant gene from arising in people. Like yeah. it's being distributed so that there will be no more mutants. Yeah, like the, the, the end of this book is ostensibly well, that entire that entire corner of the universe is just done, gone over. Yeah. To well, be continued next week in in Uncanny X Men Annual number one and then Uncanny X Men number eleven. They're gone. Which, oh wait, here they are. They're gone, except is, Cyclops. He's still around. So it's uncanny, uncanny X person. Yes, singular. It's the uncanny Cyclops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the other thing that wasn't clear is what happened to X Man himself. I, I mean, I assume like- he's somewhere in. Like, okay, in this issue, you get nothing, right? We know they're doing a whole Age of X-Men, Age of Apocalypse kind of thing. I assume he's there in that. Maybe, or maybe he's still in the world, but he knowing that he is going to die, because he, he's dying. We know yeah. that. So maybe he's just, like, still there, knowing that he's going to die also, and then mutant kind will be gone. Maybe. I don't know. But his whole thing at the end of this is, look, I can't show you how to save the world, and you're not going to let me do what it takes, so okay, fine. We'll go with option C. Poof. Yeah. The nuclear option, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. And uh, it's re- what's, I think what's super, super sad is the world's reaction to... Because it's, like, it's not like they got erased from existence and never existed. Right. Like, like they're just gone, and... Everyone's like, good with that. that. Yeah, everyone's ha- kind of happy that mutants are gone. What dicks? And I'm like, everyone's what? dicks. Yeah. Yeah. It's dicks all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that new book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yes. 
Yeah, because let's be honest, if the world was built on anything, it would be dicks all the way down. <laughs> no. Oh, you don't you you don't th- you don't think the world is just full of dicks? Oh, the world is absolutely full of dicks. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. full of them. I'm imagining some like middle school diorama of the, <laughs> of the solar system, and instead of a planet where Earth should be, it's just a literal bag of like gummy dicks or something from a bachelorette party. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Reasons why I should never have children. <laughs> I mean, I would encourage this kind of thing. Eh. <laughs> yeah, and okay. Have you met my son? <laughs> Once or twice. There you go. Uncanny X Men. The end. X Men is over, except for all the books still coming. <laughs> yeah, wow. And there's like, a bunch of them coming out soon. I like. Yeah, like I don't know. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a great issue. But the way the marketing cycle in comics works, it's like, well, okay, I mean, we know there's going to be more something going Well, out. okay, and you're like, okay, like Marvel's going to get rid of mutants. Yeah, right. sure. <laughs> Especially not now that they're getting the rights back. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Venom number 10. I am the only one who read this one, right? Yes. I'm very far behind on Venom. We get in this some Eddie Brock backstory, why his father hates him, why he hates himself. Why he feels like he must protect the innocent. And then the cancer gets him. And then the maker gets him. Oh, snap. Yep. And still nobody knows whatever happened to his sister, but his half-brother is there. Okie dokie. Yeah. I don't I don't always know what's going on, but I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could say that could be said of probably a good third of the comics that we read. Yes. I don't know what's going on, yeah. but I like it. You're not fucking wrong. Please, comics make me feel dumb. <laughs> Brian. Yes, sir. Tell me of Marvel Comics Presents number one. Right, How so... was the number one as they presented it? <laughs> did it have it, serifs? Uh, no, it did not. However, uh, I, I, I'll just, a quick, for those of you who <laughs> That's don't know, a very Mar- delayed. <laughs> if you can see Jen's face right now, she was drinking her coffee. And then she just kind of let the cup down and started laughing into it. Shut up, I'm tired. That's so good. <laughs> so good. Marvel Comics Presents was a book that ran through most of the 80s, through most of the late 80s anyway. Um, and it was always, there was always like three stories per issue. So they were shorter format stories. Yeah. Um, and there was almost always a Wolverine. There was pretty much always a Wolverine. One of them was a Wolverine story. Imagine so that. this is bringing back Marvel Comics Presents uh, as it as it kind of was then. And this has three short stories in it. There is a Wolverine story, a Namor story, and a Captain America story. Namor is everywhere right everywhere. now. Everywhere. He kind of is. So the and they're all they all kind of take place in the past, like around the World War Two era ish kind of. Um, Wolverine is about uh, Logan as a soldier in World War Two, and something that he gets drawn into one night. Um, it's written by Charles Soule, and it's it's a really really good story. Um, and this was I, I know we've talked about it at least a long time ago on the show how. It was not common for books to have arcs like they do now, arcs of stories. Yeah. Uh, most of the things were 
were one issue stories. There were occasionally you'd have a couple issues, you know, like a, a, a they would extend over two issues. But part of the thing of the short format that they did was the the stories would be ongoing for five or six issues. But remember, they were shorter they were shorter page counts, so it really felt like about two issues worth of book. Right. Um. So the Wolverine is definitely that way. That, that story will be continued. Um. And that was by, I don't know if I mentioned it, that was by Charles Soule. It was really good. I liked the setup of it. I liked the, it felt like an old Wolverine story. Cool. The Namor stories by Greg Pak. Um, and it is about, it is just this issue. It does not continue on. And it is about Namor and what happens around the bombing of uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And his reactions to it, et cetera, et cetera, and his involvement, so to speak. Uh, which is kind of cool. And then the Captain America story is by Anna Sinti. Uh, and it is about how Cap inspires a uh, young girl and recognizes, like, kind of who she is, not who her mom or parent, her mom wants her to be kind of thing. And it was actually, I really enjoyed it. It cool. was uh, it was quite good. Um, yeah. So... I'm I'm all for this. This was uh, this was a super cool book. It, it it had a little bit of it, kind of like we talked about before the nostalgic feeling, but not like nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. Like it it made me feel like I felt when I read the old ones, and I enjoyed that. Cool. Yeah. Now, are the Namor and Captain America <clears throat> stories also ongoings, or are they just no? They shots? are they are just single shots in this issue. Like the next story, the next issue is Wolverine, Mister Fantastic, and Gorilla Man. Cool. Ooh, cool. Yeah. I do love me some Gorilla Man. Yeah. So, like the Wolverine will be the ongoing kind of story, and then the other two usually are kind of one shots. Awesome. Yeah. Speaking of Namor being everywhere. Invaders, number one. This is good. How do you solve a problem like Namor? <laughs> I don't know. Um, put a shirt on. <laughs> well, well, hold on. And it works for it worked for Jean Grey. Well, hold on. I do. <laughs> I had to flip back and forth. Was it this one or the last one? No, it was the the <gasps> lead up to this. Nope. I know. I know how you do it. You put a you put the Russian pimp coat on him. <laughs> Gross! That would get so soggy. Ew! But in the last one, I had to flip back and forth and go, "Okay, hold on. This is a quantum vest going on here." All right, you're gonna have to catch up in the last one. Yeah, the lead up. Oh, defenders, the best defense. Yeah, the best defense. Oh, okay, stuff. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because there's when he's talking to his council, he's got like this like. Super low V shirt yeah. or vest or whatever the fuck it is. He's got that on. And then the very next page, he's just got like the, the what are the shoulder things called? Shoulder Epaulets. pads. It's, it's not shoulder pads, but it'll come to me because they're in God of War. And I remember going, oh, that's what those are. Epaulets? Is that what you're talking about? I'm sure that's also what they are, but that's not the word I was thinking Pauldrons? of. Pauldrons. That's it. Ah. Thank you. Pauldrons. You're, you're, you're good at this, Alex. You're also good at this, Brian. <clears throat> uh, yeah, yeah so, so I had to flip back and forth and go, hold the fucking phone. What is going And then I realized they're redressing him to go out and yeah. and uh, battle or whatever the fuck he's going to do. Who dare redress Namor, Imperious Rex? Well, they showed more skin, so. 
And I said, more yeah. skin. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. I was already there. <laughs> Some of that more skin was on the tip of his dick. That's all. They did nope. not show that skin. No. No. no that would not. be that would be Namor damned, and that hasn't come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> Namor colon fantastic foreskin. <laughs> Gross. Uh. Yeah. What the fuck, you guys? I don't know. We're so tired. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, what yeah. happened in this one? Refresh uh, my memory, because I got caught up on all of it. Namor continues with trying to amass power under the sea. <laughs> and Steve decides what? that this is a an invader's problem that he is one of their own therefore they must take care of him after talking to jim hammond who is writing a book to try to remind namor of his past and the general consensus is well you know there's a time when namor had amnesia and he lost some people in world war one and maybe all of that's coming back to haunt him and then spoilers at the very end we learn that like his friend and advisor is hallucinatory yeah at least potentially. Maybe it's a space cases thing. We're just there in an alternate dimension and he's the only one who can see it and eventually Namor will go through a vortex and they'll come out. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe so. But it was uh, Tom. Comics. No one no one else did space cases, huh? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's some yeah. early jewel state. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about this many times actually. Yeah, that's true. We have I was mostly thinking of Brian. <clears throat> oh nope. yeah, no, he would have no okay. reason to know that. Nope. Written by comics Peter David. Mm, yes. All right. I don't know. I dug this. What did you think? Yeah, I'm really into this. I, it does definitely feel like like the 80s and 90s war comics, stuff like that, when they do the flashbacks, but it's not so wordy. Yeah. And so why the fuck are you showing me this? And also, unlike war comics, I actually enjoy them. Yeah. 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 I like some war comics. I don't. I, I not do. my bag. It depends on what they are. Yeah, yeah. right. Or what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Yeah. I'll say it again. Um, yeah. War. <laughs> I don't have any more foreskin jokes. Should we move on? Or are you... <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can. I'm I'm having a hard time like organizing my thoughts right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Then move on. Yes. Okay. okay. Speaking of Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four number six. So uh, this was one of the books that I was very much looking forward to from last week. Yeah. Did it? Uh, did it? Me, did it live up to your expectations? Did it live up to my expectations? Are you kidding me? It had Galactus and Doctor Doom in it. <laughs> it had. It was not Galactodoom, however. So oh, no, <laughs> they they are separate entities in this. Um, yeah, it is. Um, I did as much as I enjoyed uh, Infamous Iron Man and the conflicted Doom. There's something incredibly satisfying about seeing him in his old traditional role and maybe it's because it's him and his old traditional role against you know with the fantastic four yeah um but it really really works for me um and it is totally the 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 it is like this is like probably the most quintessential fantastic four story that i have read in i don't even know how many years it is them trying to you know the fantastic four coming to help stop galactus and Doom already in, you know, kind of engaged with him in Latveria 
and like them getting there, like all of this happening and the Fantastic Four going, why are you, why are you against us? Why don't you help us stop Galactus and Doom being so ridiculously superior to the point of, do you not think I've already planned all of this and it's all not happening exactly as I foresaw? <laughs> it's, it's truly, truly a wonderful, wonderful Fantastic Four story. My favorite part was, unsurprisingly, Valeria being like, if I were just there, I could talk to him. <laughs> I'm a genius, and I'm his goddaughter, and he'll listen to me. He would listen to me. Aww. At which point, Alicia says, hey, why don't you two geniuses talking to her and Franklin, who also wants to be in the fight, because, you know, Galactus was his herald at one point. Um, <laughs> Yep. Alicia then tells them, you know, why don't you two geniuses go help Aunt Petunia with the dishes? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yep. It's a good book. It is It is so, so good. Like, I, I like everything about this. I think that Dan Slot's going to go somewhere. <laughs> Little known Dan Slot. Yeah. Going to do right. big things. Yeah, one of these <laughs> days, his name will be up in lights. <laughs> and, and remember, folks... Start reading now, because in 200 issues, you'll want to know all this stuff that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he ties it right back in, and you go, right, oh, exactly. fuck, it was a thing from the beginning. Ben Grimm was the thing from the beginning. He was. <laughs> You're right. right. Yeah. Wickdiv 41. Yeah. Oh, my God. There is did, so fucking much tension. Jen, did you actually squeal, or was it just me? You are not wrong, sir. I did. I was, oh, oh. my goodness. Oh. You know what else this issue has? What? It's my quote of the week. Brian's <laughs> quote of the week. So, um. That was a very tired one. Good job. Yeah. Yay. Uh, that was, that was, uh, Baphomet is talking, and he's like, and he's talking about the Morgan. He's like, uh, uh, he's talking about, you know, I could bring, uh, I could just bring her back. It'd be easy. Click. And she'd be here and I'd be dead. Then she'd get all weepy over my corpse and I'd be floating here. And one day she'd bring me back again and uh, I can just, I can see the poetry of it. That's some Lady Hawk shit. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, I was like, you know, it really fucking is though. I know. <laughs> uh, I well, his okay, but his his name is not Baphomet anymore. It's oh no, it's uh, uh Nurgle. Nurgle, yeah. Um, does anyone put him in a box and ship him to Abu Dhabi? Well, I'm sure they've <laughs> thought of it. I guess most likely it would be uh uh, uh who's the cat one? No, it wouldn't be her. <laughs> it wouldn't be her. <laughs> wouldn't be Sockmet. Sockmet, no, that's it, the one. I want Sockmet to put Nurgle in a box and ship him to Abu Dhabi. It, no, it would it would be Beast, it would be Beast Boy. I mean, <laughs> right? Brian Garfield Logan. Uh, um, yeah. I would head desk, but I'd spike my microphone. <laughs> Just imagine a loud thud. <laughs> Jen recoiled at imagining a loud. Yes, thud. I did. I I did. Ugh. But Nurgle has become my actual favorite, period, the end and done, just in the last part of this issue. That's it. I don't need any more. He's the best. Also, that costume change. Boy, boy, that costume change, boy. Hey, boy, that costume change. Hey, that costume change, boy. Hold on. Hey, boy. Did you read how Kieran Gillen described it in the back? Yes, I did. (laughs) He went from early Nick Cave to late Nick Cave. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, well, yeah. Yes, yeah, pretty true. And 
has a wink ever conveyed so much emotion? No. Oh my god! Like my my heart melted with that. This was good. I I'm I'm pretty like I didn't think that I would be sad when it ended. I think I would just be like, okay, cool, that was good. It needed to go. But I am I'm sad. I'm sad that these are the last few issues. I am. Yeah, I'm starting to I'm starting to get that that build book hangover, up of the yeah. pre book hangover. Oh man. Ugh. I do. Li- I do like someone's comment that uh, as much as I'd love to sit around this charming, disintegrating temple, I'm just in the mood to fuck someone up. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hey, welcome to my real, actual next cosplay. Hey. Oh. Oh, Jim. That red hair. Oh, uh-huh. girl. Hey. Oh. That black bustier. Damn. Hey. Hey, girl. Yeah. Okay, this was. This is a good fashion issue for me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> can you tell? Can you tell no. I was super fucking into this one? I'm not sitting here thinking, gee, can I teach myself to remix audio samples this week to do like the, the club <laughs> mix of Jin going, hey, hey boy, hey, hey, hey boy, hey girl, hey, hey, hey girl. <laughs> <laughs> you probably could. I probably could. <laughs> I have time tomorrow. Yeah, that page was just, that's the, so that was, the, that was the squeal page. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm, I am, I think I mentioned last, or uh, no, you know what it was? It was our, uh, it was our best of episode that if he can land this, it will be one of the best series ever. I'm telling you what, it's a great start. Great start. Yeah. And I, at first I didn't realize that the Morgan would leave three corpses. I thought it was going to be like all the other people's bodies that they used. Okay. Um, no, I kind of, I kind of dig how this turned out though. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I'm into this. Mm-mm-mm. Poor Tara. Okay. Poor Tara. Always uh, poor Tara. You know what though? Did you? Uh, I love the quote. It's the quote that's on the back of the book. Yeah, I'm gonna oh, make you something wonderful. I'm gonna make you something wonderful. Oh, yeah. This speaking is a good of, book. Speaking of lost and confused gods, questioning everything they know about the world and their own role in it. Mm. Wonder Woman number sixty-two. Brian, what did you think of this? Um, you know what? I am really enjoying this uh this G. Willow Wilson Wonder Woman. Me too. Um I love uh, I mean we've seen the kind of the gods as human, the Olympian gods as human before. Mm-hmm. Um I mean it's kind of the Olympian god, the Greek god thing, right? That they're also mortal and mortal flaws and yeah. etc. Um there's something I don't and there's something very different about this in that they're still very much who they were or I guess still are but with just enough human like it may be one of the best depictions of the human flaw but still Greek god that I've seen. Well, I I don't I think the last time we talked about this you weren't on I mentioned that what really makes this work for me is, in line with what you're saying, that this is us seeing all of them. Aries, uh, uh... Aphrodite. Thank you. I'm like, Philodendron, no. <laughs> Aphrodite, <laughs> Diana, all are, like, questioning their role in the world. There's a real, like, crisis of confidence or identity crisis or whatever in... All of them, all of the gods who are in this as they move through the world right now. And that's like 
the core of this to me, that is what makes this work. And I think that's in line with what you're saying. Like that is what humanizes them here. I think you're right. Uh, and I don't know, uh, the artist in this is Zermanico. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I loved this artwork for this book. Yeah. This, this book is gorgeous. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like Pat Brousseau's lettering is unique to this book and just like really clean and simple and pretty. Uh, yeah. Like everything about this is, is I like, I like, I like. Yeah. Um, I, and I like the story that's kind of going, that was going on behind the whole peace negotiation thing mm-hmm. and how, you know, they come to these conclusions and they're like, yeah, we're, we're going to, we've come to a conclusion of peace. Now all of you need to get out. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like even you wonder woman, you need to get out because just the fact you're so powerful and strong that just the fact that you're here changes and influences things. Yeah. It's like, oh, damn. And then they realize none of them is smart enough to solve their problems, so they're going to go find Athena. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. Also, can I we like... talk about how good Aphrodite is? I was going to say, and I, and I really like this Aphrodite also. This Aphrodite is so good. Yeah. Supergirl, yeah. number 26. Sorry, Brian, did you have something else? Nope, that was it. Okay. Supergirl, number 26. Uh, Supergirl is being held prisoner by... Harry Hokum of the uh, uh, North Avenue Hokums, no, <laughs> erstwhile villain of the Omega Men. I was going to say Harry Hokum, space Nazi. Yes, and it's it's a riff on the the kind of tropey Superman story of well, okay, taken prisoner, depowered, thrown in the fighting pits. Except like the entire thing is just. Kara with like a nudge and a wink to the audience, tricking people into giving her all the de- all the stuff she needs to basically immediately break out. <laughs> like she is a step ahead of everyone in this the entire time, and it's kind of wonderful. Uh, and the Omega Men do show up, just in case the Omega Men are your thing. Brian. I'm gonna have to. I, I'm gonna have to go back and. Re- I actually did buy this issue, but I just bought it for the cover. I know you did. You could. <laughs> I read the issue. The issue, I think, is a good indication, kind of, what's been going on in this arc. I've actually really dug uh, Supergirl ever since it's gone into this who and what is Rogozar and what's this conspiracy behind the destruction of Krypton. Yeah, after the Man of Steel miniseries, I have really, really wanted to pick up Supergirl after that. It's funny, I've I've switched to trade for Superbad and action at this point, but I'm still getting this in single issues. Okay, yeah. well, that tells me a lot. So. Yeah. Um, for one thing, it's one book once a month rather than two books twice a month. But yeah, there's that. Uh, it's it's very good. I dig it, and it's got that good, good. Uh, uh, damn it, Justice League International. Kevin McGuire art. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah, he does the interiors for this. Justice League Dark Number Seven. We can't talk about this book, or else we'll be uh. letting the other kind out into the world. Uh-oh. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't want to yeah. tell any. We can't tell these stories, but no, we can't. Maybe we, we can tell. Ones. Maybe we can tell the framing uh, of the story. <laughs> I think that is the story, story Brian. Oh shit! Maybe yeah. so. Um, this this is <laughs> one of the most unique, and this is probably my favorite book this week. This is like fantasy Grant Morrison. It is. It, it it's it's. Almost Grant Morrison writing Tales from the Crypt is yeah. what it is. The setup of this issue 
is like, and it starts really, she's, I, I, I'm like halfway through the first page reading this. I'm like, oh no, oh no, don't do this to me, Justice League Dark. You are maybe the best comic DC's putting out right now. Don't, don't do it. Don't do what I think you're going to do. Because the first like two pages are just man bat. It's like, oh hi, I didn't see you there. Let me tell right. you about these stories I'm writing down. These horrible fears that keep me up at night. Mm. But, like that's what I'm saying. It's it was very yeah. Crypt Keeper esque, like, incredibly Crypt Keeper. As he does, like you see this theme emerge through them all of what the other kind really want and need is for people to tell their stories because the stories give them power and make um. them real in the world. And the more their stories spread, the stronger their hold on the world becomes. Mm. Right, and, and there comes a point where if enough people know about them and their stories, they can't be gotten rid of. Okay, so basically I do believe in the other kind. I yes. do, I do. And it's like, the first couple of stories, Man Bat remembers being there for, and like the third one, I was like, I don't, I don't remember this one. I must have, or I don't remember writing this one down. I must have right. dozed off as I did. And then the fourth one, I was like, I don't remember this at all. And as you go, you also get to see some of the other kind and the horrors that they entail. And if you really, really want... Uh, some nightmares. Just spend a long time staring at the ta- the page of tiny fetus babies ripping through and eating Ugh. through and climbing out of Frankenstein. You know, I think I'm okay. I think I won't do that. Oh, it is. I'm looking at it right now. It is super, super fucking creepy. And each of the each of the stories <clears throat> is also checking in with a different like major vertigo or just like dark corner of DC Universe player. Like there's a Lucifer. And there's a Frankenstein, and there's, there's an eye vampire. Eye vampire, and yep. then finally we see uh, Zatara, Star- Zatara, mm. and Sargon the Sorcerer. Yeah. yeah, trying to like get word back from where they're stuck. Mm. Yeah, and so he tells. Uh, there's like four different stories. The other thing is each one of these stories is like the title of it. Like one of them is called uh, the Offspring, and one of them is called the Soup. And they describe the the other kind that are in that story, yeah. and they are oh they they are super fucking creepy. The offspring is the the one that rips through Frankenstein. If oh, you good. Couldn't put two and two together. Good. Yeah. yeah. The you know, soup mm-hmm. is this like floating gelatinous goo that's full of organs and bones that shows up in one of Lucifer's brothels. Man, turns yeah, out it, I'm really like, uncomfortable like, with that too. Yeah, it's like chemo, the giant you know chemical monster thing, but it's made out of like eyeballs and soup guts and you know people guts and like yeah right. yeah yeah it's very good um and then at the end uh man bat uh we he starts to stand up and walk out and like maybe i should get some sleep and uh we see the upside down man has been there the whole time like in the background and he locks the door and walks out and then you you just see blackness, and then you hear the clack, clack, clack of the typewriter again. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like I said, it, it this was very much like reading a a uh, crypt. Uh, what was it? Is, um, Tales from the uh, Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. It just completely went out of my head for some reason. Tales from the Crypt book. Yeah. And I loved that framing device. Like, I mean, I wouldn't obviously want to see this all the time, but for an issue, this was just super, super cool. Yeah. Uh, you know. I would have even loved to have seen this as an annual and take even more time with it, just because I, I think that framing mm-hmm. device is so so good here. Yeah, um, I would I wouldn't mind seeing it as an, still as an annual. I'd like see more stories, right? Maybe I think you get one of these though. 
Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. Uh, goddess mode, Brian. Uh, oh, Jen, didn't you read the first one of these? Nope. I Did bought you know? it. I never got around to reading it. I okay. still haven't gotten so it. So I read, I read one and two this week. This book's really, really good. Um, it is... Oh my god, it's it's super cyberpunky. Um, kind of, and, and I don't want don't. Hmm, I'm trying. I don't want to flavor. I don't want people to take this the wrong way. It's kind of Ready Player One in the fact that it's a future where technology is super involved in daily lives, right? But it's not like Ready Player One. It's not. I'm, I'm just. I'm trying to use that as a like a technology level type description. Um, but this person gets brought into the, what's called the Azoth and survives. And if you survive getting brought into it, then you become what's called an Oracle. And she meets these other three people and becomes a part of a kind of a member of their group. And it's all about them support. They're all females and it's all about them supporting each other and, like trying to figure out what's going on. And clearly she's going to be a uh, kind of a bigger player. Like she's going to have a role that people don't quite realize yet. But um, even though there's a lot of setup in these first two issues, as there kind of has to be, none of it feels just pure expository. Um, it all fits very well in the the story. Like for instance, some of the things where, where they're trying to give you the information is them in this chat group for the first time talking to each other. So you get this introduction to, to this chat group. And so although there's some explanation in it, it feels very natural because that's like what they would do. I have a question. Uh-huh. Do any of the oracles wear red hats? Uh, none of the oracles <laughs> wear red hats. There is somebody, there's one that wears a black hat. Okay. How's that? I was just making a Linux joke. That's all. Yeah, no, I, I understand. Okay. It's funny because you didn't laugh, and I thought it was a very, very funny joke. Clearly, <laughs> uh, look, no, they can't but, all be Batman doing Marie Kondo. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I, like, I will definitely be getting sticking with this book. Cool. Like, I really, really enjoy this. Here's the trick to get Brian to read your series, folks: get Stepan Shayek to do a variant cover to number one, <laughs> or Art Germ, or Art Germ. Yeah. Right. Yeah, done, sold. Yeah, that's all it takes to get Brian to read a new ongoing. Well, that's all. That's all it takes to get Brian to buy it. And if I buy it, I'll probably read it. And then, yeah. yeah. If you build it, they will come. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Flash number sixty-two. Uh, best use of roulette and the Royal Flush Gang. Agree. I mean, I always like the Royal Flush Gang. I usually don't like roulette. So, best use of roulette and the Royal Flush Gang. I did love it. He's like, oh yeah, the the super uh, super uh, well respected and highly known, you know, badass royal flush gang. Yeah, I was kidding about that whole good reputation of badass. Yeah. <laughs> I also just I love this theme that's developing through this whole Force Quest arc, where so far the other Force users that Barry meets are just kind of awful people. And I want to know when that moment it will come for Barry. He's like, well, they're all terrible. I don't get that. I'm not terrible. Oh. Oh, shit, Alex. Damn. You are so mean. Right, wait, wait. Is Barry Allen on your list with Scott Summers and Steve Trevor? It goes Steve Trevor, Scott <laughs> Summers, Barry Allen at this point. Damn, sir. 
And Barry's really not as bad as the others. I just expect better of him and never get it. Okay, that that part, that may be fair. Barry is more that's disappointing to me. Barry, my, my, yes, my scoring for Barry comes from a place of love. Okay, that, I will agree with that. that I, sometimes yeah. you can be disappointed in Barry. That is true. Yeah. Um, I am. I, I totally dig this Force Quest thing, though, uh, like you. I like seeing these other characters and how they're very different and how they <laughs> they think they're so much better with their powers than they are. Yeah. 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 Um, Again, I, I, at some point, Barry's got to look in a mirror, right? Barry, <laughs> uh, maybe. And, and, and in that Barry, case, so I, no. yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> no. No, it's Barry, so he'll look in the mirror. He just won't see anything. Yeah. Um, I also enjoy and appreciate the bit of wordplay in just the pairing of characters, the B-plot to this book. Have you have you thought, Brian, about the names of those two characters? Has that dawned upon you? Because it dawned upon me, I think, last issue. Um, you're talking about Commander Cold. And Detective Burns. Cold and Burns. Cold and Burns, yes. <laughs> um. And the fact that, like, I could, Cold you know what, that's, I want the annual to be a story of the two of them. I want it to be, like, their first uninterrupted date. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, I cannot wait to see what comes with them encountering the person pulling the strings, strings in Central City. Because Cold mm-hmm. is apparently terrified of this person showing up, and I think it's hilarious given who it is. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. It's James Jesse. <laughs> yeah, it's. The, it, I mean, I'm thinking it's got to be the trickster, right? Uh, yeah, it's. We, we've seen him. We know it's the trickster. Okay, right. We've seen him on the on the page already. Did we? Did they show it? Yes. In the book. Yes. <laughs> it's like a big last page reveal a couple of issues ago. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, okay, I'm. I, I was thinking in this book. They no, not this okay. issue. But they show them in like a factory. Full of toys and things of like weird plaid nineties diamond. Yeah, patterns. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yes, yes. Nice. You are correct. I do remember that. Now. Yeah, and so like, yeah, right. Like nobody's ever afraid of him, but Commander Cold is terrified of him. Yeah, <laughs> he I love it. Be here yet? Not him. It's like the way they talk about Savitar on the TV show. Mm-hmm. He's talking uh, about well. James Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Detective Comics number nine ninety six, the return of every the, the the DC Comics introduction of everyone's favorite Batman the animated series character Kyodai Ken. <laughs> um, this so, issue is sold out because it includes the introduction of Kyodai Ken and the return of a character Jack Kirby created, and I think killed in the same issue, according to the article I read, <laughs> in nineteen seventy two or three. Huh. Yeah. Nice. Um yeah, so Batman starts realizing that whatever this is that's that's after him is killing with with uh Alfred being shot last issue. Um he realizes that whatever it is is going around trying to kill the thing, the people that are close to him. Yeah. Or or that have I guess not close to him, the people who have made Batman who he is. Well, they killed Leslie. They went after Alfred. Right. Correct. So he figures, well, there's not anybody who made Batman Batman much more than Ducard. So he goes to track him down and finds him like in the, is I think it's Paris in this. Yeah. 
yeah, in the, the catacombs. Like, like in the catacombs of Paris, and he comes after him, and he's like, because Batman thinks maybe he's behind it, and he's like, uh, you know, I can't believe you, you've done this to me, and blah blah blah. And he's like, yeah, okay, my 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 grand plan for revenge, I'm launching from the catacomb sewers of Paris. Right, good job, Batman. <laughs> Was Batman like, well, I'd do it. <laughs> I live in a I'd, cave. I'd just call them the Batacombs. <laughs> the Batacombs. And get rid of some of these skulls that bring me no joy. <laughs> <laughs> some of them, though. Some yeah. of them we would keep. How do you say bat in French? I bet we can find out. Oh, in Spanish, it's uh, Murcielago. Murcielago. Um, but this this French. creature, this creature that's after all these people that's killing them. Is pretty damn terrifying. It's this creature that like is a amorphous amalgam of like all of these Batman villains. Le Chave Souris. And it's like it's pretty horrifying actually. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's like if Clayface just lost his shit. Yeah. Oh no. It's you know like what? I'm not convinced it isn't Clayface, by the way. I was going to say, that does raise the question of, is it Clayface? Yeah. Like, insane, it's right? It's this, like, putty monster that keeps transforming into, in this issue, like, multi-headed Batman rogues. Yeah. Who all kind of talk at the same time, so... Yeah. Oh, God, it's awful. Um, yeah, and then he goes to, the you know, the top of the mountain... To find uh, Master Sensei Kurigi. Yes. Yeah. Um, because that's another person. And then... <laughs> and then finally he ends up in uh, New Mexico um, to talk to... Uh, I, this is a person I did not know. This is that Jack Kirby character. I okay. Okay. The, his name apparently is Thaddeus. Something. Yes. Is the Is the man. But he's dressed in a Mr. Miracle costume. He trained... Who's the Mr. Miracle who's not Scott Free? Norman... Uh, I can't remember his last name. Reedus. He trained yes. Norman Reedus. <laughs> Norman Reedus. Yes, yes, Norman Reedus. That's it. Um, Shiloh Norman? I think that's no, it. He's the, or is he the Black Racer? He's the Black Racer. Uh, who? I don't remember. But yeah, the other Mr. Miracle. Okay. Um... So yeah, that's where the issue ends is Batman going to see this person. And Thaddeus uh, No, Thaddeus Brown was the first Mr. Miracle. Then you have Scott Free and then after him came Sh No, Shiloh Norman was Mr. Is Miracle. Is it Shiloh Norman? Okay. Yeah. I thought that, that I as soon as he said Black Racer I'm like, yeah, that's right. Uh no. So Thaddeus what was this awesome? Thaddeus Brown. He was a circus escape artist whose stage name was Mr. Miracle. There you go. Um, yeah, so like this is this is a good story. It's super creepy, and I can't wait to see where it goes next. Like I mean, I've really been digging this Detective Comics run. Me too. I yeah. Catwoman number seven. Brian, tell me about Catwoman. I like Catwoman too. Uh, this is this whole issue is is one hundred percent set up for the arc that's coming up next, and it is Penguin's. Um, okay, well, it, it's just it's how Penguin invites someone to uh, come talk to him. 
I'm sorry, hold for a second. I need Jen to share with the class. It was, I had a notification, so I clicked on it, and it looked like a big dick on my phone all of a sudden. But it wasn't. It was a, it was a clam. It was a clam that looks like a big dick. Sorry. It was the shock of it being there all of a sudden. It is, in fact, a clam that looks like a big dick. <laughs> I'm okay. so sorry. Or at least a very girthy <clears throat> one. Very girthy. Very girthy one. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. As, as the woman holding it just pours a pitcher of water over it. Yeah. And it becomes Erect? less droopy Erect? and more upward pointed. Erect? Is that the word? <laughs> more attentive? Yes. <laughs> it wakes up, shall we say. <laughs> it unleashes the kraken. Had to have been warm water then, right? No. Not, not ice cold. Uh, you were saying, Brian... Uh, yeah, so Catwoman, this, this issue is totally 100% set up for the arc that's coming up. Um, and it is uh, Penguin going to Villa Hermosa. And uh, it is how Penguin invites someone to come have a chat with him. And it's kind of terrifying. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, and so the, it, it, the, the last page is, is Catwoman arriving to where Penguin is at. And he's like, yeah, have a seat. And let's talk. The Batman Who Laughs, number two. Uh, this, God, this book is dark. This book is dark. This book is also, like, so tongue-in-cheek at the same time. It, it, well, you know what? It's like, it's like it's, it was like metal dark. It was, you know, like uh, Dark Knight's metal dark. Yeah, which um, makes sense given that it's picking up. Right, it's kind of, kind of over the top. And, man, like, Bruce <clears throat> and his relationship with joker like our not batman who laughs but like bruce our bruce wayne and joker from our world that relationship i don't think has ever been kind of more honest about how it works than it is in this book i almost just called him the 616 joker just fyi (laughs) (laughs) no not quite no no Nope. Although, um, we don't have a Jenna's Conspiracy Corner this week, but maybe I just wheeled one. <laughs> you existence. just secreted it. And so, uh, this book ends with Gordon going to try to find some help. <laughs> hmm. And who does he turn to, Alex? Jim Jr. Yeah. And appropriately, given that Jock is on art duties, we see the issue title for this issue was Black Mirrors. Nice. Which is a callback to the arc that Snyder and Jock did about Jim Jr. Yeah. Um. But you, you, we get a wonderful, wonderful Batman versus Batman who laughs fight scene. We get just this great scene of him infiltrating Wayne Tower mm-hmm. in full Batman who laughs garb. Because the guard who Bruce has put in charge of like the the central location of how to like blow up the building. Like the lobby area. Yeah. yeah. Is a blind dude ostensibly so he can come in and out as Batman and not have to yeah. worry about it. Right. But because the Batman who laughs is Bruce Wayne, he just walks through talking to like doesn't kill him, doesn't hurt him anything. You just see him being like broody and ominous, yeah. sharpening his knives. It's like, yeah, hey great, how's the family? Sorry again about that scarecrow attack. Glad about your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And then, of course, you know, just puts his hand on the DNA scanner and, oh, look, it's Bruce Wayne. Open up. 
But then we also get the really goofy tongue-in-cheek stuff in this that's like, the two of them are fighting, and Bruce is like, we know the same five martial arts styles, so I've made a sixth style up myself. Alfred calls it the Bam-Pow style. (laughs) The Bam-Pow style. I'm sure it's short for something, but I also think he just enjoys saying (laughs) Bam-Pow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Also, KDC, I'm available to voice the Batman if you need me. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get Punisher Bat, I mean, uh, Grim Knight (laughs) again. Um, Who, yeah. And then, and that's the whole thing is Batman is trying to save Joker. And, uh, you know, Alfred's like, you know, like, you're not actually killing him, but you don't have to do all these heroic efforts to save him either. Alfred, you're letting the suction tube slip. Save the damn Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Because Batman thinks that he knows, because the Joker is who he is, he will have some insight and he will know what it is that the Batman who laughs is really after. Yeah. Yeah. And what's important, I think what's important to remember is is if, if you take from Justice League, the Joker fucking hates the Batman who laughs. Yep. Yeah, like he thinks he is an abomination beyond all known everything. Yeah. Which makes sense because he loves no one more than he loves Bruce. Right. Um, we also get in this the, the kind of thesis from the Batman Who Laughs, which is that, look, I'm bringing all of these other Batmen and killing all of these other Bruce Waynes because you are the unsuccessful one. You are the weak one. We're all happy. We are all content with our lives, and we all get the job done. What do you actually do? (laughs) Oh, Uh, Oh, so he says, Yeah, and that corresponding with that whole conversation with Alfred about, you know, you could just let Joker go, right? It's like, damn. I also love his description of the Grim Knight's origin in this, which we're getting a whole one-shot for it, but... He explains to 616 Batman that (laughs) he explains to to Batman that he is who we would be if we picked up the gun that Joe Chill dropped. Mm. Yeah. Which I think is just a really cool cool way to, in a sentence, explain who that is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Bruce talks about how he's terrified of of both of these two because... They don't have the morals that he or the code. I'm sorry. Yeah, we, we not morals, but code, right? Yeah. Uh, they don't have the code that he does. They will do anything to be victorious. So, Brian, here's my question for you. Speaking of victorious, mm-hmm. uh, which was frankly, I already had the question, but then you said that, which gave me a perfect segue. Batman who laughs versus Doctor Doom. Who wins? Mm, um, I got to go with Batman who laughs. Because ultimately he is Bruce Wayne, which means even beyond Doctor Doom, Victor's ability to plan ahead and know and have something for every possible scenario, Bruce is. I mean, there there is no one in any universe better at that than Bruce Wayne. Doctor Doom has magic, <laughs> but Batman <laughs> trained with Zatara to be able to counter magic. I mean, DC magic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very that's a that's a super cool, uh, yeah. 
I mean, that's Probably. both of them this yeah. week, right? It's the it is. I it did, is. They're they're both very much in. I did it thirty five minutes ago mode. Uh, they are very much. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jen. Baby teeth fourteen. Baby teeth fourteen. Uh, am I talking about it? Yeah. Okay. If you want. Sure. The well, I didn't know if I was like if we're in. Is it still good or if we're even doing? Is it still good? No, at this we point? talked about everything. A it lot was a light books. week. Yeah, yeah, we've already covered it all. Um. So in this one, we're in hell still. Um, and Satan has shown up. And it turns out that Satan is, I the way he presents himself to you, he's either the thing that you're most terrified of or the thing you're most sexually attracted to. So seeing what he was for everybody was pretty fucking hilarious. And Heather was like, I don't really see anything. Which just proves that she's the most badass fucked up character in any book, period. I love her so much. Was there anyone for whom the Venn diagram of those things was an overlap and the thing they were most terrified of well, was in fact the thing they were most attracted to? Well. Or really sexy clown, maybe? F- fuck you. That's it. <laughs> oh, God. I'm lit. <laughs> Maybe oh. like uh, like Mads Mikkelsen, but dressed as Bozo. No, I hate no. you so much. Stop it. <laughs> I, Do I, not ruin Mads for me. I was just going to say Harley Quinn, but. <laughs> That's different. She's different. That's different. Anyway. Sorry, Brian. I, I think I won this round of Let's yeah, Play. No, you are awful. You're awful. You're awful. You're just awful. Did you see where he thinks he's unattractive? Did you see about this? This was all Okay, I'm sorry. Twitter what? Yesterday. Sorry. Hold on. What? Mads Mickelson said in an interview that he thinks he's ugly. And the internet came to his, like, Do, does he Does he need me to hug him? I think he needs you to hug him. I think he does. I'll not be creepy about it, but I would do that for him. Well, you wouldn't let him know you were being creepy about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, no, if I was being creepy, I'd be like, sorry, I'm being very creepy right now. Yeah. Accept it or don't. I'll go away. It's fine. So let's get back to the sexy yeah. clowns. No, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. So talking about your Venn diagram overlap, he does, Satan does make a joke about uh, the the colonel dad, their dad. Colonel um, dad. Colonel dad. Coming, coming. I was going to make a joke about coming next season on Fox, but we already have American <laughs> dead. That's kind of the same thing. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, about how what he sees is probably because of, you know, how old he is and that he's got military background and because he's from Utah. What he's seeing right now is probably very biblical. And when it shows what he's seeing, it is a biblical looking devil with a gigantic cock. Gigant, like I didn't expect it to be. So it's censored, so you know. So it's like, so it's like shirtless bear fighter big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like touching the ground. It's big. It's a big, big cock. And Satan's like, I'll leave it to you to decide whether that's what you're afraid of or what you're sexually attracted to. Honestly, <laughs> maybe a little of both. Um, yeah, this was a really fucking good issue, and in it, he does attempt to feed everyone very adorable cats. Aww. Yeah, they're very adorable. He's holding it over a stew pot with a knife, and they're like, hold the fucking phone! Do not do what you're about to do with this cat! And he's like, what? I'm just gonna slit its throat into my broth. I'm not gonna do anything fucking sexual with it. That's gross. Yeah, how do I look like? A weatherman <laughs> from Chattanooga? Oh, God. Um, Why? Why would you do that? Because I had to make a very specific regional deep uh. cut. Oh, God, Alex. <laughs> Don't look at me. If anybody doesn't live in the southeast and has never heard of this, don't Google it. Just don't. It's not worth it. I feel like Google. I feel like it, you don't have to say, "Don't Google weatherman fucks cat." I don't have to that say was, that. You're right. 
I don't have to say that. You're right. (laughs) I don't have to say that. You did have a dark week, didn't you, sir? (laughs) If you think this is bad, you should hear the next episode of Minds at York. (laughs) Uh, Baby teeth so, so good. Baby teeth, very good. Read this book. You know who I think would really enjoy this book from what you were just talking about, though? Yeah. Alf. Yeah, probably. He'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah, Yeah. Satan. Cook me that cat. Stew me some cats. I have not had any, and I mean today. (laughs) Next week's books to read there. Next week's books to read. Wahoo. (laughs) It always Mm. has to end with a (laughs) doot doot. That's right. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Naomi, number one, the next Wonder Comics comic, which I'm excited for. I I think maybe the marketing around it's a little silly. The, ooh, it's a mystery. Yeah, we're not going to say who she is or her last name. But, like, it's Bindus writing a new teen character, and right. he does that well. That's what this whole line is. And I think the one really valid thing marketing around it points out is, like, he did co-create Miles Morales. So, like, this is a thing, I think, to pay attention to. The art I've seen for it looks really good. I'm, I'm down for this. I I just kind of tune out the, the marketing around it, la, 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 and I'm super excited. So, that is the first thing for me. Jin. Yeah. Buffy. The I almost typoed this earlier as Vampire's Lair. That's a different thing. Buffy the Vampire's Lair. Well, sometimes. Wait, I'm sorry. You're joking, right? Yeah, what? Well, well, when she when she would go see Spike, that was yeah, or Angel, honestly. Yeah, yeah that's right. She's pretty into those boys. Okay. Well, those suddenly, shiny, shiny boys. suddenly the resurgence, fifteen to twenty years later, of vampire erotic fiction in the movies makes more sense to me. Huh. Um, <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer, number one. Yeah, I'm super fucking excited about this because it's Jordy Belair, basically. Redoing it. Yeah. Starting it over. You know, I should read this as someone with clearly zero working knowledge <laughs> of Buffy. It will fucking piss me off so bad. You should. I agree. But it will piss me off so bad that I've been trying for literally since we met to get you to watch Buffy. That is actually and then not you're like, totally accurate. Mm, book. You've been trying literally since we met to get me to watch... Supernatural. Yeah. Supernatural and Doctor Who. And I relented on one of them. Yeah. You know what? That's Buffy fine. came later when you realized I had never seen. That's it. true. Yeah, because I just I always figure that anybody our age has seen Buffy. No. Ugh. It's so annoying. Would a conservative Southern man mistake it as being vaguely satanic? Hmm, then maybe I didn't get to see it. That's that's true. Maybe I wasn't allowed to watch it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh. I should read this and come in with zero working knowledge and be like, yeah, I think it's great, all these changes, and let you grumble at me. Mm, I liked it better this way, which is not exactly in character for you, but would be a no, fun I'm, dynamic. No, I think I'm going to like, yeah, I think I, I think am going to like, I'm very optimistic of this one. I love Buffy. I've watched, I watched it from episode one to the very last episode when it aired. So I love Buffy, but there are things that need to be different. It was yeah, very would... good for the time period that it came out in. Well, gonna... But it does not hold up super well. I mean, most of it does. But I'll some things do not. I am, interest, I am more interest, interested to see in this 2019 a Buffy that moves past the gravity of Joss Whedon. Yes, yeah. Who maybe has not moved as forward as he was viewed as being 20 years ago. Correct, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, what, it, you know what it almost, like, the same kind of situation that makes me think of? 
is anytime I talk about the original Jessica Jones comics. That's exactly mm-hmm, yeah. it. That's exactly it. Yep. Yeah. Bendis and Jessica Jones, and now we've got somebody else writing Jessica, and it's pretty wonderful. Yeah. Well, like, I feel like Bendis has moved forward and evolved with time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. That's yeah, yeah. But and no. I'm not. I'm not generally one of those who thinks you know you shouldn't write female heroes if you're not a female hero yourself. I'm no. not one of those people, but I am glad to see that from from I mean, Jordy. I mean, look, as many Jeremy Whitley books as I read and love, it would be disingenuous of me to say otherwise. Yeah. But I do think it's cool when it gets to happen. And I am I am interested to see what this is. So yeah. maybe this will be me finally dipping a toe into the Buffyverse. And I'll just, I'll only know reboot Buffy and never know original Buffy. Mm, that's such a disservice to yourself. Is it? It's so, so good. You should you should watch the original also, but yeah. Hey, Brian. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this little-known series on your list called Batman. Oh, number Batman 64. number 60. It's actually when number 64. 64. It's actually 63. It's uh, I mistyped. Um, no, but, you have to tell me about Batman 64. Okay, well, I'm sure this person will <laughs> still be in Batman 64. But starting in 63, um, John Constantine comes to help Batman in Gotham. And the idea of Tom King writing Constantine kind of gives me a little bit of uh, the shivers. (laughs) Like, I can't wait to see. And it talks about how he's kind of broken after all the things from the Witching Hour. Yeah. Um, So I cannot wait to see what Mr. King does with him. I mean, Broken Constantine yeah. and Broken Bruce together will be fun. Yeah. I just want it to be an issue of them, like, sitting at a bar drinking while Bobo pours them another drink. Or, like, both of them... And then the chimpanzee them, has another drink. Both of them in group therapy. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sure that'll come up in Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, there's some confession pages right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm very much looking forward to, to, to having him show up in Batman and see see what happens there. Yeah. All right, Jen, I'm going to share this next one with you because it's on both of our lists. Okay. And mine, isn't it? Guardians of the Galaxy number oh, no. one? Okay. No, no. <laughs> I was thinking it was something else that I knew Jen listed. Yes. That'll, that, we're getting there, bro. I know. All right. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Yeah. I'm glad that you said you were going to share this with me because do you know why I picked it? Because Donny Cates is writing it? Yeah, and also because of who's in it. The Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. Yeah, those people. Some of them. Yeah. And some new ones. Yeah. Some new ones. Cosmic Ghost Rider. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, well, and also Beta Ray Bills. Hell yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, Kite Man's here? <laughs> <laughs> now I need Kite Man in space. God damn it. <gasps> DC, Cosmic Kite Man. DC, are you listening? I need you to, I need you to greenlight Omega Man Two, with the stipulation that Kite Man has to be in it, and Bill Nye has to guest star. Oh God, I have to interrupt just for a second. I've been playing DC uh, Lego Super Villains right now while we record. No, no, no. But like for the last last week or so. Um, when when you when somebody there's a place where somebody talks about kite man and when you recruit kite man they go kite man heck yeah (laughs) (laughs) nice that's That's very good uh this is gonna be so good and kind of i guess the the tease for this the short hook on this is 
Thanos is dead, who will be the next Thanos? Mm -hmm. Nice. Yes. All right. Another book that I'm going to let Jin share with someone, in this case, Brian, because it's on both of their lists. Yeah. Blossoms 666, number one. Yeah, so this is the next entry in the uh, in the Riverdale Horror series line. Um, Archie's and... Netflix incubator line. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Um, it's, it's, so it's obviously, it's, it's called Blossom 666. It's Cheryl and Jason Blossom. Um Except we find one of them turns out is the Antichrist, and there can be only one. But they both want to be right, and I don't like. I almost get the impression they don't even know who it is. Yeah, yeah. No, I think right. that's the setup. Yeah. Um, the writer on this is Colin Bunn, and his horror stuff is probably what I enjoy most from him. Yeah, his so, horror is spectacular. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of can't wait for this. Yeah, it's gonna be so creepy. Cool. I know, right? And last one, Jen, the avant-garde. Yeah. Um, this is about a group of girls who go to a traditionally all-girl college. It's a it's an art school that doesn't really have a big sports program. And hey, guess what? I lived that life. <laughs> uh, so I'm really excited about this. They want to start a. I didn't start. I didn't live this part of the life. But they want to start a basketball team. Or they want to be a better basketball team. Something is happening like that. Uh, and they're trying to figure that out. So it seems like it's going to be a big, fun, girly romp. Gir- I don't know. Girly. It sounds a little too new and non-traditional to me. Mm, mm. <laughs> it's a little too liberal arts. Sorry. So my sister, A little too avant-garde. <laughs> at one point, I forget which college it was, because she like, bounced between three different colleges. Yeah. Um, the first one she went to... Her dorm was a converted abattoir. Hmm. And I really, really tried to get her to start a basketball team. This is not, this. all of this is true. None of the, I mean, it's to set up a joke, clearly. Yes. But all of this actually happened. I did try to convince her to do this so that they could be known as the Slaughterhouse Five. That's pretty great. I thought so, That's too. That's pretty great, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. An intramural basketball team. I lived yeah. in the haunted former church wing of our college. It was bonkers. So your basketball team would have had something to do with being Pentecostal. Pentecostal, because five. Yeah. And Penta, yeah. 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 It's not as good as Slaughterhouse Five, I'm it's sorry. It's not, no. I'll workshop it. Nope. I'll come up with something better for you so that when you develop time travel, you can go back in time. and Pentecostal pentagrams? I don't know. <laughs> That no, that would be for the that would be if the five of them were all uh, senior learning annex students. True, yeah. They'd be the pentagramas. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> We'd like to thank Chase Parker <laughs> <laughs> for our intro voiceover. We're available on your podcatching platform of choice or on our website at panelologypodcast dot com. If you would like to help us out, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, share us with friends or enemies or people you are generally apathetic toward, but who you think might enjoy this content. Yeah. Or uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash panelology. You can get more of Jin and me on Minds at Yerk, our Animorphs reread podcast. The day after this drops, or within a couple of days at least, will be the final part of our read-through uh, the Andalite Chronicles. Yep. And let me tell you, it gets weird. It does get so weird. But that book is pretty, it's pretty weird, too. Yeah. 
I mean, we just kind of naturally came to the subject of Grimace slash fiction. <sighs> However the fuck that happens. Yeah, we did yeah. do that thing. Yeah. Uh, can I say a thing? Yes. If you decide to support us on Patreon, we have a cause now. Um, oh, right. My computer died. <laughs> I can no longer do... Um, editing? Editing or any sort of, like... Uh, Local or, or remote recording? Remote recording, yeah. So that's what that money will go... Part of that money will go toward that if if you yes. decide to support us on Patreon. A new editing system, yes. 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 And with that, I am Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Brian. And until next time, read more comics. <laughs> Lots more. <laughs>